Good evening. Welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70. With me, as always, David Jones at IPOP Editor. Uh, coming at you Monday night instead of Sunday. I wasn't necessarily feeling all that great. David was yesterday. David had just come back from his trip, and we knew that Mo was just we were we were we were out foxing Mo. Basically, what it boils down to, because he knew we do a show on Sunday, he would do a drop of move on Monday. But we fooled him. We're doing the show now, and we're going to talk about all three of the pitchers that the Cardinals have gotten now, David. And it for the fact that how for Halloween for Thanksgiving was in the middle of this, you know, spurt signing three pitchers and and really technically, if you want to look at it, you know, fulfilling your obligation to the fan base that you pr- pr- promised before the season was over, all within you know whatever. 24 times seven is uh, hours is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. And you know, first off, I do want to say a happy belated Thanksgiving to all the listeners out there. Very thankful for you guys. Thankful for the people that um, even comment back and let us know when we're wrong, when we're right, mostly when we're <laughs> wrong. But uh, did you do any black Friday shopping this year? I never, I mean, if you're talking about going out in the stores, never do that. Never. Okay. I'm not stupid. I well, I am. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, it's not as crazy as it used to be because Fair. most of the sales are online a week before. Right. But I do enjoy the Black Shopping or the Black Friday shopping, as well as apparently the Cardinals do too, <laughs> because they did their own Black Friday shopping in the days leading up to Black Friday, and they found themselves a Lance Lynn and a Kyle Gibson found a deal, I guess, in bulk on Amazon for number five starters, and they jumped on that. And then there's a Cyber Monday deal with Sonny Gray. And I got to tell you, um, I think this team's only about two starters away from being a contender. So, yeah, it's been an exciting week. It has definitely been uh, content rich. Let's put it that way. And everybody's got an opinion on all of this stuff. Um, and that's, we're of course, no exception. I know it's difficult to take that one by one. Really, right now, when we look at Lance Land and we look at Kyle Gibson and we look at Sonny Gray, it's very difficult to just look at those pitchers instead of the the big picture of what this all means for the Cardinal rotation and the Cardinals in general. But if we can, you know, Lance Lynn, when you hear the signings coming out with him, what are you thinking and, and how surprised were you? You know, not very surprised when I heard about Lance Lynn. Uh, I think we've even talked about that in the past, about how he might be a good number five to add if you're going to spend big money on the one and two. Um, And so, you know, hearing that, knowing the reunion might happen, it it just wasn't all that shocking. I, I think we even heard his name talked about around the trade deadline for the Cardinals at one point when it looked like they might actually be contenders before they really fell out. And so for him to come home, it, it really wasn't that shocking to me. I, you know, I liked it more than other people did. I felt like they were taking a flyer on a guy who had a really bad 2023. But if he's anything like the 2018 to 2022 Lance Lynn, then... Yeah, you're getting a guy who could have the upside of a number three. Uh, you know, age is catching up with him possibly, but I, I was okay with that. The confusing part for me was the Kyle Gibson signing after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I actually, I, I, well, I, when Lance Lynn happened, you saw it first and you messaged me and I think your saying was, okay, at this point you have to get two starters better than Lynn, right? And I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's right. And then 
when the Gibson signing happened, I messaged you and said, um, did we just sign Kyle Gibson? <laughs> uh, and that was the one that was a little bit confusing. And, you know, on their own, each of these pitchers, I think, makes a lot of sense for the Cardinals. Together, it's a little befuddling. And, you know, you could argue the Cardinals need innings. The Cardinals need pitchers in bulk. They need the quantity. But you could also look at that and say, man, could they have taken that $23 million that they're paying those two pitchers and used it for somebody who could actually be a number two pitcher? Mm-hmm. And then you possibly turn your attention to maybe using Zach Thompson or maybe using Libertor or possibly trading for somebody who's still on a rookie contract. Uh, that's kind of where I'm like, oh, it. it I, I don't want to say I don't get it because I do get it. I just, I, I don't love it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, and we've talked about this some in, in the last few days, but if you sign Lynn or you sign Gibson, I think you're fine with that, right? Either one of those guys is great. You know, Lynn has the connections to St. Louis. Gibson is like almost the second coming of Adam Wayne, right? To some degree, at least from his charitable uh, aspects. He's on the, you know, vice president of the Big League Impact, you know, big you know, has a lot of connections to Wainwright. You get all that. But, yeah, bringing two guys in. Now, again, you're right. The Cardinals have said they need innings, and these guys threw innings. And for the most part, if you're throwing innings, you're going to be at least solid, right? I mean, if you're throwing up a 70 RA, you don't pitch 200 innings, usually. Um, so it's a step up from what the Cardinals had last year. It's It's a baseline that they can be comfortable with but you know the Cardinals had a chance to go into this winter really able to put their stamp on things to show that things were different and at least those two guys and we talk about Sonny Gray here in a minute but at least those two guys felt like guys they would have signed no matter right if there was a Opening after a 91 win season, probably Lance Lynn or Kyle Gibson is getting that because that just seemed to be the way they would be going. Um, It didn't feel like a significant break, a significant change in in approach that we thought maybe we would see, especially when they non-tendered Woodford and Hudson. So I think to some degree that lays into them with that disappointment of these guys are good, but it's not anything new. Right. I, you know, I think Kyle Gibson, we know who he is now. He's going to be another year older, Mm -hmm. but he's been pretty consistent. He was the guy who I wanted the Cardinals to sign about two years ago. And now I'm like, eh, okay, maybe not as much, but you, you know what you're getting with him. And he is a good pitcher. Now I wouldn't say at this point, he's a great pitcher, but he is a good pitcher. Um, you and I, we did some math over the break and we looked, he made 33 starts last year, which is pretty good, especially when you look at the rest of the Cardinals rotation last year, but Gibson made 33 starts. He had four really bad starts. And if you take those four really bad starts out and you only look at 29 of the 33 starts, his ERA was 3.84. Now, in baseball, of course, you don't get to just throw out those starts as though 
nothing happened. But, you know, in a sense, you could look at that and say a 10 nothing loss is also the same thing as a three loss, three nothing loss. A loss is a loss. So if you know Kyle Gibson can go out there and give you 29 starts with like a 3.8, 3.9 ERA, that's really solid. And that's a whole lot better than what the Cardinals got last year from much of their rotation. And so, yeah, I, I kind of get that with Gibson. You're going to get consistency. Lance Lynn, I, I don't know. Um, I, I do wonder if the World Baseball Classic might have messed him up a little bit at the beginning of the season, and maybe that's what threw him off for the whole year. Uh, those 44 home runs given up were rough, uh, really bad. And um, you and I have talked off mic before about playing at Bush Stadium. Does that mean that his 44 home runs drop significantly, or does that just mean the ball goes four rows back instead of 14 rows back? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I will say this. Maybe we should have seen this coming. Um, and here's what I what I mean by this. Um, I'm going to go conservative here and say that the Cardinals were going to spend 55 million this year. I, we don't know what that number is going to be. It could end up being less. It could end up being more. And right now, they're actually probably on track to spend more. But I always like to go conservative because usually the Cardinals never spend as much as people think they could spend. Mm-hmm. So if we say they were going to spend 55 million, okay. Well, $23 million goes to Gibson and Lynn. That knocks the number down to $32 million. And I had this done before the Sonny Gray signing, but now we have the Sonny Gray signing. Don't quite know the numbers, how it's playing out, but we'll say $25 million. That knocks that fifty-five down to $7 million. So only $7 million left to spend. That's basically the price of a reliever. So if they go out and get a free agent reliever, that essentially takes away all that money. Now, if the number goes up to $60 million, okay, so, so be it. But... Basically, with $55 million, they were able to get three starters and they were able to possibly get one reliever. You know, needing three starters, you're basically having to go out and get the, get the Lance Lins, the Kyle Gibsons on top of a Sonny Gray. And so really, I do wonder, should we have seen this coming? Now, you know, people would say, well, you could make a trade. Yeah, you could make a trade and maybe a trade's still coming. Um, a guy like Dylan Cease, who's maybe going to make $8 million, that's not that expensive. But you're also going to give up a whole lot to get somebody like that. So I- I'm not saying that I love what the Cardinals did here. I'm not saying that I absolutely support it and that's how I would have done it. I'm just saying that maybe because of how this team has shown itself in the past and how they spend the money, Maybe we should have seen this coming. And rather than expecting Yamamoto and Sonny Gray and someone else, or, you know, like Michael Waka, or expecting Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, and Michael Waka, maybe we should have seen this reality coming just based on their money to spend and how big of a need they had. I mean, that's probably fair. Um, again, we don't necessarily know what that money is, right? I mean, as like, like you said, we kind of right, guesstimate yeah. what that is. And we don't know. Like, you know, my point of view on this has been last year was such a embarrassing year that it could cause them to go and do things that they normally wouldn't do. Right. I mean, that they might spend up to the get close to the um, tax threshold because they don't want to go through this again. Obviously, that doesn't seem to be the case. Um what bothers me more about any of this, including, you know, and we have still, I mean, Sunny Gray's on this, on this list too, but it still feels to me like the Cardinals are slapping band-aids when they could be looking for long-term solutions. Right. I mean, Lynn and Gibson 
are done at the end of this year. They've got an option for next year, so maybe you pick it up. But they're definitely cleared out by 25. Michaelis and Matts, who's the other part of your rotation, out by 25. Uh, you know, Sonny Gray at the end of 26 with an option. We'll see if they take that up. But we're looking at maybe having to do this again and again and again over the next few years. Now, you know, again, maybe Tacoma Roby steps up. Maybe Zach Thompson gets to where he's going to be a, a reliever or a starter. Maybe Matthew Libertor figures it out. Maybe they draft a, a really high pitcher this time around. You know, maybe they're feeling a little bit of that from internal solutions. But it still feels to me like a missed opportunity, much like, go we'll continue to go back to it, the, the Bryce Harper situation of, okay, well, we have an outfielders, but you have a chance to set yourself up for a decade with a really good player. You know, maybe this is a situation where you need to take advantage of those opportunities that come along. And, I, and they, you know, we're going with Yamamoto here in this situation. And, and the Cardinals haven't been completely ruled out of that, but it's very difficult to see how, without a significant change in philosophy, that the Cardinals are going to do anything. Like Mo says today, you know, he feels like they're probably not looking at starters right now. Um, it just, I'm not saying they haven't learned anything, but the lessons weren't as strong as maybe we were hoping for. Yeah, and I will agree with that. I think the the age of the rotation is scary right now Mm -hmm. Um, because right now you look at the team in the short term and it doesn't look like you want it to, but you also look at the team in the long term and the pitching is non-existent (laughs) because those contracts are going to be gone. Now, one thing you can say is, and Tim McKernan has talked about this on radio a little bit, you're not paying Aaron Nola $25 million dollars uh, for seven years and watching that contract just explode in your face. Sure. Uh, so 2027 comes and basically your only bi- bad contract at this point might be Wilson Contreras, but you still got to have players. Right. You still got to have a roster. Now you hope that they've learned their lesson in the developmental process and they start developing pitchers because the, the, the true thing is if you really want an ACE, you have to develop that ACE because true ACEs rarely hit the market. I don't, Yamamoto might be the exception. We don't really know enough about him at this point, but there really are no true aces in this free agent class. Um, Mm -hmm. We can talk about Nola and Snell being number ones. They're probably not. They're, they're really not. They might get paid like number ones, but I don't think they're number ones. Uh, Sonny Gray is probably a two. Uh, He's going to be a one for the Cardinal, but these guys, with the exception of Gray, these guys are getting the years and the money of number one starters. You know, I don't think Garrett Cole's going to hit the free agent market next season, next off season. He might, Mm -hmm. and he's going to get paid a ton if he does, but I think the Yankees are going to find a way to get a deal done before then. So if you want a true number one, a true ace, you have to develop that internally. And that's where you just have to hope that Tink Hintz or Toko Roby or someone else who's on their way up can be that person and maybe not even a number one, but if they could be a solid number two, then the future of this club looks a whole lot different, but the Cardinals have had a huge gap. I mean, you can't look at triple a and say, there's our next starter. I mean, maybe Gordon Graceffo slots into the rotation at some point, but they don't have that guy in waiting. Who's coming up next year. Who's going to be that ace. So this is really a hole that the Cardinals have dug themselves in, both because of how they've spent their money in free agency, how they've handled trades with other teams and given away pitchers, and then also their lack of development in recent years. 
Yeah, and I get you're right. I mean, I get well, the Cardinals don't want to be locked into a long term contract. Um, that might be a problem, especially you know again. While the club hasn't necessarily indicated that the Valley Sports situation is going to cause problems, especially for this year, it might going forward. You know, on the flip side of that, though, is a $25 million pitcher five or six years from now is not the same as a $25 million pitcher this year, right? I mean, with salaries going up the way that they are, you you know that's just price of, of playing things. So when Nola may not be that overpriced, I guess is what I'm saying at the end of his contract, even if he's not pitching well, just because you know really good pitchers may be going for thirty to thirty two million dollars at that time. Um, and so I don't know. I, I I think that if Yamamoto wasn't on the on this whole picture, I think if we hadn't at least been thinking that they were Cardinals were going to be interested in Yamamoto, right? I mean, you know, even as even with Lance Lynn and um, Kyle Gibson and Phil, there were still a lot of talk about the Cardinals. Still, you know, they've talked to Yamamoto. They didn't seem to be out of the picture, and now all of a sudden, just you know, three days later, they go get Sonny Gray, and it seems like that's now off the table and i think that's if that wasn't at all part of our picture i think we would look at this a whole lot better than we do yeah I, you know i thought about that too if if yamamoto is not in this free agent class i think there is a little more happiness today mm-hmm. uh but i think so many people had their sights set on him you know we're never going to know but i do wonder if behind the scenes the cardinals found out that they were out that he he was not going to come to them, whether it's because of he just chose not to, he has a site set somewhere else, or that the price tag just got so exorbitant, um, exorbitant. I'm making up words here, mm. but uh, if the price tag got so high that they just knew they couldn't be a player in this, and so I, you know, I I didn't think that they had much of a chance of getting him anyway. I got a little more optimism in the recent days when Derek Gould kind of mentioned some things and, and Mo's previous press conference where he was a little bit coy on some things, but I don't think they were ever really in on this. And so when I, when I'm looking at this, especially the Sonny Gray signing, I'm looking at it through the lens of Yamamoto is never an option. And so for me, that looks a little bit better. Now that doesn't make me feel better about the rest of the rotation, but it does make me feel better about that one specific move, especially for specifically 2024 and 2025. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I, 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 and again, you're, this is a team that is much better than it was, you know, before at the end of the season, uh, a team that still feels like it's, especially with the Brewers, not really knowing what they're doing. And do you think with Gray, they're the favorites in the division now? I mean, is it with before any other moves are made? Yeah, maybe. Uh, and that's where the fact that I'm saying maybe is where I'm also like going, if I have to say maybe at this point with five starters, then that's not good at this point, like, because the Cubs have not done anything yet. And so for me to say, maybe like it should be a definite. Yes. At this point, they are the favorites. I think they probably are. Uh, I think the reds might have a little bit better of a rotation at this point. And then it's a wait and see with what the Cubs do. Um, you know, in radio this morning, they were talking about, man, the Cubs have been connected to all these people. And so the Cardinals aren't even able to compete with that. Well, being connected to somebody doesn't mean jack squat. 
Like you actually right. have to sign somebody or trade for him. Now, if the Cubs sign Yamamoto, if they sign Otani, then yeah, okay, they're the favorites. Uh, you put two pitchers like, you know, a pitcher like Yamamoto with a pitcher like Steele, and that's pretty scary. But right now, the Cubs have yet to do that. And we don't know if they're going to be serious about spending. I think they probably will with Council there. But they might not do as much as we think. Uh, they're losing some key components this offseason. They've lost Stroman. They've lost Bellinger. So they've got to do stuff just to replace them. So at this point, I, I do think the Cardinals are the favorites. Now, one reason I do think that is, uh, well, I'll say give two reasons. One is I do believe the offense is good, very good. And I think the offense is actually going to take another step forward. Um, I think part of that is you're going to have Jordan Walker, who's going to be a lot more comfortable at the plate, who's going to have a better season, full season. I think the outfield situation being uh, straightened out a little bit and having letting guys play every day, I think that's going to allow guys to actually excel out there. And I think even having Mason win at shortstop every day, having somebody solid in place there is going to help. And then if guys like Donovan can stay healthy and if Newt, um, Newt can stay healthy, if Gorman is on the team and stays healthy, I think the offense is very good and they're going to take a step forward. With that said, that's kind of the, my one reason why I think that they're going to be better. The other thing is, like you mentioned, I do believe the rotation is better. And by getting guys who can go longer into games, who can eat innings, you're going to have a better chance of winning these games. Uh, that's just plain and simple. If you can go longer into games, you can allow your bullpen to only have to pitch three or four innings. You're going to have a better chance of winning. Last year, the Cardinals blew 41 leads, and that was seventh in Major League Baseball, seventh worst in Major League Baseball. You get pitchers that can take you into the sixth. You get pitchers that can maybe take you into the seventh and maybe only be giving up three or four runs. With that offense, you are going to win more games. Now, at this point, does more games mean 90 wins or does it mean 80 wins? I'm not completely sure. But I think because of that combo of both the offense taking a step forward and already being very good and your pitchers being a little bit better but giving you more innings, I think it does make them the favorites in the division. I just don't know by how much, and I don't know if I'll say the same thing when February comes around. Yeah. Where are you on that, uh, where they are right now today? I mean, I think you're right. Again, you know, if the Cubs did get Otani or something like that, then yeah, then you have to talk. And I think that's, that's part of why the Cardinals can't just say, okay, we've done what we need to do. Um, I think that they still need to, I mean, at, you know, again, even at best, I think even what we're saying here is they might be able to win the division. I don't think that any of us think that this rotation is a good one set up for a postseason run. Right. Um, Maybe it is, maybe it'll, you know, again, solid pitchers. That's, that's a good thing. But I, you know, if you were ranking teams on post, you know, deep October runs because of the rotation, I don't think that you're going to be ranking the Cardinals up there. So, you know, there's still, I would like to say there's still work to do because there still needs to be something to push them hopefully closer to the top two in the division rather than, trying to win or top two in the league rather than trying to win the division. That is probably the weakest in definitely the weakest in the national league. Probably possibly. Well, I think you, I think the AL central is probably still worse than them, but still, you know, when you're at least having that discussion, you know, just winning that division is, you know, like, I don't know, some analogy that probably wouldn't work very well. Um, 
but you know it's just not it's not good so they need to do more um you know you're right deeper pitching you get helsley hopefully for all year um joe you know joe romero kind of came into his own you hope for a, maybe a little bit of a rebound on giovanni gallegos if you know he was tipping his pitches if he's figured that out if they do go out and get another couple of veteran arms for the bullpen um you know there there's I don't think you have to worry about it being as miserable as it was this year. That is such a low bar. And I would like (laughs) to see the Cardinals try to compete, try to set the bar like where their history says they should set the bar, you know, to win the division, to win the national league. Um, You know, they hadn't done that. Well, coming up on 10, you know, 10 years now. Um, they need to be looking for that instead of just we can get to 88 wins and get into the division into the playoffs. Now, you know, again, what they will do, it's hard to know. Um, I, you know, it's very famous that Mo came out like a day before the Arenado trade saying Matt Carpenter was our third baseman and then he wasn't the next day. You know, that you know, just because Mo says they're good in pitching doesn't mean that they won't go out and sign a Yamamoto who has already said he's not going to sign for a couple more weeks. So could they go crazy? They could, but it's so unlike this organization that it, well, being that they're a Missouri team, it makes sense that you're going to have to show us before that we believe it. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, I will say Sonny Gray isn't a signing that you would typically see for the Cardinals. Um, Possibly because they haven't had to do that in recent years, but I will say I was, I was pretty happy when I heard about that yeah. this morning. I know some people weren't. I I love Sonny Gray. I have been pushing for him s- since before the season was over. I- I'm just a big fan of who he is. I mean, we act like this guy, you know, is like has like a 4.6 ERA and, <laughs> and really struggled this year. I mean, he finished second in the Cy Young voting in the American League in a year when you had to play every single team. It's not like he just beat up on a terrible division all year long. I mean, Mm -hmm. they had to play everybody. This guy is really, really good. Now, some of it, I may be biased a little bit because uh, he's a Rutherford County guy. I'm a Rutherford County guy right now. Um, My wife teaches in the same school district that he came out of. Uh, I'm when I literally say I can look out my window and see Smyrna, Tennessee right now. I can. Um, That's, you know, so I've got I've got some bias there, but he is a really, really good pitcher. And I think he's going to be exciting to watch. And I, I know people said, well, is he an upgrade over Jordan Montgomery? Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Now, that may change. Maybe their numbers don't look, you know, as different next year. But coming off last year, yeah, he is a better pitcher than Jordan Montgomery is. And so I'm, I'm very excited about this. I, I think I, I think this team can be competitive now. I hate, you know, I don't want to sound like the Cardinals of the past 10 years of just, let's just get in the playoffs and that's good enough. Now I will say coming off last year. Um, yeah, if they could be competitive and get in the playoffs, I think I'd at least be somewhat happy, but something else that I've been thinking about too, is we saw last year, the price that the Rangers paid to get Jordan Montgomery. Now we really liked the return and we liked yeah. the guys, the Cardinals got back, but it wasn't like a crazy ridiculous amount. The Cardinals were not getting a top 50 prospect. Um, Really, according to most lists, they didn't get a top 100 prospect. Roby, I think, was listed by Fangraphs, but that's about it. So if the Cardinals can be competitive, they can find a Jordan Montgomery type at the trade deadline. Now, 
trade deadline may come. They may be down 15 games, and so that doesn't work. But I think that can still happen. But I will say, I, I think I think the Cardinals are not finished yet, at least finished working the phones, looking into the trade market. Just the way Mo has sounded in the press conferences is unlike the Mo that we've seen in the past. Um, almost a little bit relaxed and kind of giving a wink to people like, we're not finished. This isn't the finish line. Long way to February. Wink, wink. So maybe that means that they're going to trade some, get some relievers. Um, they've still got that log jam in the outfield, and so I think some trades are going to be made there. But maybe they're working on a trade for a pitcher. Um, maybe we wake up in two weeks and the Cardinals suddenly have a guy who is a solid number two in addition to Gray. And suddenly the rotation looks a whole lot better. I don't know. But I think there's still a chance – I, I think I'd put it at maybe a 25% chance that it's the rotation right now is not the final rotation. Now, if it is, I did see that fan graphs before Sonny Gray signed had the Cardinals as the 17th best rotation in the majors with the gray signing. They've now bumped them up to number 12, probably higher than a lot of people think they would be at that point, but you still have some guys that haven't signed yet. So that could affect that a little yeah. bit, but if they could make a trade, if they could make a move, that's going to propel them top 10, possibly top eight, maybe top six. That changes the outlook on everything. And so I'm not, I don't love the rotation right now, but I also know that all it takes is one move and a very meh rotation looks like a very good rotation. And so I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep right now because we still have a long way to go until pitchers and catchers report. Yeah, and it, and it is good to know that here in at the end of November, they've addressed what they needed to address, right? I mean, they have done the minimum, if you will, and, and done it well. I, I don't want to say that as a negative thing, but you're not sitting here going into December like, are they ever going to sign pitchers? They've gotten three pitchers, so now if they get anybody else, it's it's an improvement. I would push back a little bit on that the gray signing wasn't something they would normally do. Uh, if there was an opening, I mean, again, you're looking at a guy that is from the area, basically, wants to be a Cardinal, as we heard repeatedly in the press conference today, and they still signed for a contract that's less than the Contreras contract they signed last year, which was just barely over what I've forgotten whose contract that was that they signed. You know, they're still not setting records for, they still don't have a hundred million dollar contract to a guy that wasn't a Cardinal um, in the free agency. They, it feels to me like they just kind of, it was like right in their wheelhouse there. Like they didn't have to do a whole lot of extra work, um, which is always a good thing. The Cardinals always seem to do their best when they don't have to do a lot of extra work. Um, you know, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado come to mind. Um, you know, would they have, you know, if, if they'd won 90 games, would they have done that? I don't know. Maybe it would have been very interesting to see if they had, if they would have done that and added him to a 90 win team, then I think we're all excited. Right. But, um, cause they would have needed somebody for that Wainwright, you know, Wainwright role, I think to some degree anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see, I, I think you're right. We, Sonny Gray's great. Um, he's not, he's not necessarily the ace you expect, but he can definitely pull the, pull the, pull the, uh, you know, pull off that role. I think, um, 
and there's still a good chance that they'll upgrade somewhere else. Uh, I, I do think you're probably right that they're, the moves aren't done, and, and I really got to feel like they're going to clear some of that threshold. And again, you know, and I thought about this today while Sonny Gray was doing his um, his best Wilson Contreras um, imitation of wanting to be a Cardinal. <laughs> um, but he was talking about himself, though, and, and the competitiveness and wanting to win and how he how much he wants to win. And that kind of brought me back to Ali Marmol's comment at the end of the year, right? That they need to weed out to the people that don't necessarily have that competitive fire. They've brought in people that have that competitive fire for sure. And, and Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn, I assume, and Kyle Gibson, you know, will we see people, you know, again, a lot of people thought at the time they were talking about Tyler O'Neill. If that's the case, it's hard to imagine Tyler O'Neill coming back. Um, you know, there isn't, they haven't weeded out necessarily anybody yet. Um, unless you talk about Dakota Hudson and Jake Woodford, which is a possibility. Um, I, I think there's still stuff to happen. It's kind of nice that they've done a lot of their, you know, they've set the foundation already in place and maybe now they'll put some, some boards on it. Yeah. And I think this puts Mo in a good position going into the winter meetings. Now, when I say put him in a good position, I don't mean like the Cardinals are completely done and the team looks great. And so Mm -hmm. no worries there. But what I mean is he's going into the winter meetings, basically knowing there's not much they can do on the free agent side of things. Now, maybe, yes, maybe a reliever or something like that, but they're not going into the free agent meetings, most likely looking at the free agent starting pitching market. So by having the rotation, I say set in quotation marks, this gives them an opportunity to explore the trade market. And possibly because the hitting market is so weak this year, he may have teams approaching him about the outfield or approaching him about guys like Gorman or Donovan. The Cardinals might get approached about their hitters with an offer for a for a starting pitcher that can make that rotation a whole lot better. And so I think that's where Mo is sitting pretty when it comes to the trade market, because the Cardinals have what other teams want. And so potentially the Cardinals can leverage this to find maybe that starter. And then who knows if it's Matt's being traded away, Matt's going to the bullpen. I don't know. And maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe this is the exact roster that the Cardinals go into spring with. It could be like last year where we kept thinking maybe they'd get in the shortstop market or we thought at least they're going to make one more move and they never did after Contreras. Mm. And maybe that's where we are right now. But maybe there is a chance that something happens, that a deal can be made. Um, And that's where I think the Cardinals can use the aggressiveness early on to their advantage and see if there is something cooking in the trade market. And maybe they upgrade the rotation. Um, That's what I'm hoping for at least. Yeah, I am too. Um, I feel like we've been here before and I can't necessarily put all the um, details together on it, but it feels like we've done this before where Mo's gotten to this position of, okay, we've got, whether it's outfielders, whether it's pitchers, whether it's relievers, now they can go upgrade or they can be creative or they can do something like that. And they haven't done it. Right. Um, yeah. And so that's what's that's what concerns me is this gets a bit of a, a deja vu feeling here of okay, now they can go out and like you said, trade apparently you know, there was some idea of, of, of trading Stephen Matz. You know, maybe you you, know, you sign somebody else or you trade for somebody and you trade Stephen Matz off. But 
you know, I'd give it probably a 35% chance that Steven and Matt, that I'd give it about a 35% chance that this is the rotation we're going to see. Um, but hopefully, hopefully that 65% chance comes up, comes to play. Yeah. I, and you know, honestly, like I think part of me is living on hope right now because I don't want to accept that this is it. I, yeah. Like I keep looking at this thinking there has to be something better out there. I, I sound like I'm in like a Disney movie or something. And um, like I'm Ariel getting ready to, you know, sing part of that world or something. Um, but I, I just feel like there has to be something better, something more to come. And I don't want to accept that this is what it's going to be. And so I, I'm, I'm clinging to hope right now that there is something more. There's something cooking, something we don't see. And that we're going to go, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm on board. That looks good. Perfect. And suddenly people are sending flowers to Mo again. <laughs> uh, maybe it happens. I, you know, there's probably a, I would say there's a better chance that it doesn't happen, but I'm still going to cling to hope and just maybe something surprising happens where we all go, wow, that's a great move. Cardinals are now contenders for World Series. Yeah, I would I would like to think so. Um, I don't know that I'm necessarily holding my breath on it, but um, but we'll see. and I guess on the other side of that is you don't really want all their activity to be done before December starts, right? Because there's still two long months before you really even get to spring training, and you really don't want to be. I mean, at least if nothing else, like we were talking about, though, being involved in the rumors, being involved in those possibilities at least keeps you somewhat engaged if you feel like the cardinals are pretty much done now you know there's december and january to get through um we need that's, content that's, that's what right. you're saying that, that's what i'm saying mo i mean so you know if you want to space it out a little bit if you want to take another week or two and then sign Yamamoto, we can handle that um but don't just stop now that's all that's what we're saying because how are we supposed to do shows if you stop now it's not right <laughs> Well, at least maybe we can have Heyman or Denton or somebody just throwing out stuff that we can use and, and, and go with that. Well, yeah, Denton, we'll probably have to throw out it after he's seen it after somebody else. But, you know, <laughs> maybe. All right. Well, even though we don't want Mo to stop, we will stop uh, for the evening. Uh, we'll be back at you maybe Sunday if there's some activity. Um, or maybe tomorrow. Who knows what they'll do overnight? That's right. Right. If they sign Yamamoto tomorrow, then we will be here tomorrow night, one way or another, uh, talking about this. But uh, so until next time, whenever that may be, for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. Here's Rowan. He could give the Cardinals the lead. The pitch to him. Swing and get up, baby. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Home run. Rowan has just given the Cardinals a 4-2 lead. He's it off of the McBride and Home Builders sign down the left field corner. Listen, listen to Cardinal Nation.